Hey. What? If I were to ask you a code to promo, what would it be? Uh, Dangle. Dangle. 20% off. Free shipping. Manscaped.com. Go get it. That's head it. to toe. Head to toe clean. Head, head to toe. They yeah, I guess it's some people have hairy toes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah I, you could listen. You could trim those toes. Jesse, do you need a, do you need a nice toe, toe trim? Uh, yeah, like the, the outside of like the big toe, there's a little bit of hair. Yeah. I don't know if you want to know that information. Now we know. I don't know yeah, what there. evolutionary function it, it <laughs> right. has, but like it's there. It's yeah, there. it's a thing. It's Makes there. itself. It's a thing people deal with. Absolutely. Right. Let's, start. Let's start the show. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Steve Dangle Podcast, powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook. S-D-P-P. The Steve Dangle Podcast, with your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. Just a reminder, Harrison Brown is joining us on Wednesday, so we're super pumped to talk to Harrison. I have a question for you right now. I have an answer. You've watched your favorite team play the Lightning a few times. And I'm not just talking about Steve here. Everybody has seen the lightning of this era at some point more than once, right? Because they've been together a long time. Yep. Maybe you've seen them in the playoffs. Florida fans can relate. Leafs fans can relate. A whole bunch of people can relate to this. How many times have you looked at your screen after watching a perfectly good game from your team and said, fucking Andre Pallott? Yep. He's one of the most underrated players in the league. That guy... Plays on a team of stars. Apparently, according to uh, uh, his coach, he says nothing in the dressing room. I believe just it. Just silent. I believe it. Um, and he just, he does dagger moments. He oh. could, like just when you think, okay, you're, you're, there's 41 seconds left in the game. I'm going to make it to overtime. Yeah, we blew a 2-0 lead. But if I could just make it back to the dressing room, there is 41 seconds left. Yep. And I can breathe. I bet we can win this game. No way. I watched it. And I also saw the fallout uh, after the game, just Rangers fans, heartbroken, heartbroken. Like they weren't even mad. They were just sad. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, they really thought they were going to bring Tampa to the brink only for Tampa to crawl back and win it in the final minute. And I was just like, first time. Yeah. That's what they do. They're on the, they're unstoppable. It, we have a skewed view of dominance uh, in the National Hockey League. Dominance is not winning 5-1 every game. Dominance is that shit. Because they can still do that. What is that shit? They Explain can, that they, shit. What's they can that? still beat you 5-1. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you're going to get got. Sometimes, you know, the reigning Stanley Cup champions are going to get scored on first. They're going to get scored on first twice. They're, the other team's going to have a goalie who's really hard to beat. And the Lightning find a way to juggernaut through roadblock after roadblock after roadblock. And I'm not saying they're going to win. They might not. All good things come to an end. No one has ever won every championship ever. So someone's going to beat them eventually. But damn it, it's going to take something truly special like that, this team doesn't quit that swordsman from the first uh first game of thrones like what do we say to death not today steve gets it <laughs> steve for sure gets steve that you would love that character clip compilations how many of eight seasons, eight seasons. Of, yeah. of two hour episodes you've seen a couple <laughs> clip compilations <Yeah. laughs> i've seen of six books <laughs> i'm like uh this this feels like too much work to get into and then i see the hound i'm like oh Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. You see? I can, it's I can fun. Do that. This summer. 
The summer of Game of Thrones. This summer. No, I gotta watch Morbius. Oh no! Do Game of Thrones first. <laughs> More, it's morbid time. It's morbid time. Um, Morbi- Morbius is a meme. Like, <laughs> they're bringing it back to theaters. People eh? don't really yeah. like it though. No, it's they a memed movie. it into thinking people like it. Imagine paying <laughs> that little attention that you're like, people must like it. Right. It's, you know what? I think it's just entered the category of so bad it's good. Oh, yeah. And and I I I, th- I don't know if you've ever been to a movie where it's like super rowdy because everybody knows that the movie's trash. And it's so much fun. What was the... uh, Okay, so when we went to our London Hockey Night and Cinema event, um, there was a big to-do about the room. And they throw throw plastic forks at the screen during a certain scene. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the movie, oh, hi, Mark. You know that one. Yeah. Um, Yeah, they throw spoons at the screen. I don't know why, but that's what they do. Like, the theater (laughs) guy was telling us about it. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, cool. (laughs) Um, Rangers. Back to the Rangers here. Lightning. Just when you think the Rangers have it. Because, like, I saw people tweeting, and you know who you are, who are like, it's over. It's oh, over yeah. after that second goal went uh, in. I'm I like, man, nah. I, I've seen the lightning. I've seen this. So, I got to ask, and I think you have to ask this question. Is Igor better? Is Igor better? Well, I don't know. But I, I does this, It's a the Rangers are a young team. They are carried by a, a, a group of players who are mostly under the age of 25, right? Yeah. That is, I think, the definition of heartbreak, right? Two nothing. Oh. And then, okay, they tied it up. Fine, that happens sometimes. Remember, they're the Stanley Cup champions. 40 seconds left. 41.3, Andre Pilat. Do, and I know the Rangers have played amazing. How long does it take them to recover from this? Because I feel like the Lightning recover instantly, but I don't think... Every other team in the league has that same mentality. The, I, I think you you learn that the lightning recover like Wolverine, like it's instant. They, it's instant. Oh man, uh, the answer better be less than twenty four hours. Less than twenty four hours, and the Rangers should be able to identify what they're up against because they were that in the first round. They were down three games to one against the Pittsburgh Penguins and their third goalie. This is now the second year in recent memory where. I could, in retrospect, easily see the Penguins going three rounds deep, potentially all the way to the Stanley Cup final, but their goaltending, one year it was just straight up bad. This year it was straight up injured. Terrible luck. But, oh man, I have, like, I have such a reverence for the Tampa Bay Lightning. I'm excited for the New York Rangers. Like, we all knew this moment was coming Mm -hmm. from them. I didn't think it was going to arrive this soon. But, uh, I mean, the Tampa Bay Lightning, like, it's just, I'm not going to be able to believe they can be beaten until I see it. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's so hard for me to tell Rangers fans, all right, if you're going to beat the Lightning, here's how you got to do it. Because it's, it's, I can tell you how to beat the Lightning, you know, within certain games. It's when it gets to five, six, seven that you're kind of fucked. <laughs> Why is that? Because they just... Again, they juggernaut bash through every barrier, find a way, find a way every single game. And I don't know what it is. I don't know what the magic is. It's a poise. It's Vasilevsky just not allowing you to score. Just like he is guy. He's mortal. He's as regular made of flesh and bone as the rest of us. Until it's an elimination game, and then he is a goddamn superhero. And I don't know how you beat that. I don't know how you beat that getting outshot two to one either. Yeah. That's a tough one. Igor. So, like, let's say the series goes deep. Let's say it's game six. The Rangers uh, have a chance to close it out. Three and two. Three and two. Igor Shosturkin has to be twice as good as elimination game Andre Vasilevsky. I don't like that. I don't like that percentage at all. That's tough. Now remember, this is a Rangers team that had a two nothing lead through most of the game. Yep. So so that would lead to score effects and right. Yeah, they had a two nothing lead through most of the game though, and that Rangers team uh, had to go through some pretty good teams to get here. Yep. If they had just held up for 40 more seconds, you oh. make it to overtime, maybe they win. Maybe they get lucky. Maybe yep. they win. Because overtime is luck, right? We know that. 
But we're having this conversation now, even though the Rangers are up yep. two to one in the series and they were up two nothing most of the game. Yep. Why are we having that conversation? The two to nothing most of the game thing. The first period, Tampa dominated. It finished 0-0. A Rangers score the middle of the second, mm -hmm. and uh, a minute later, Kucherov scores. So they really only had a 2-0 lead for uh, a couple minutes there. Yeah. there was, it was a dominant effort from Tampa Bay. They were clearly the better team, I think, start to finish. And he's never right about things. But Elliot Friedman in the uh, second intermission, <laughs> like he actually he actually said something intelligent and smart, and he he called Jesse's he, kidding by the way. He called for I'm not I'm not no all. he's he not called <laughs> out uh, well, he, old Elliot old broken clock Friedman. <laughs> Elliot, I'm always wrong. Friedman said uh, Stamkos. He he said Stamkos is going to score tonight. He said Stamkos is on a mission there. He switched a lot to center. He switched to play center just to help out. And like him and Kucherov were the two best players on the ice. Kucherov was playing so aggressive. And he was the, 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 the high sticking penalty that he took right uh, as he was. He had a scoring chance and he goes the other way. He's playing really aggressive the whole game. Takes a high sticking penalty. He's in the box. He comes out of the box. He has a breakaway. The dude was on a mission all game long. He was playing uh, I, I don't want to call it dirty, but he's playing Nikita Kucherov style where he's doing everything that he can under his power to will this team to he's win. Violent. He's a violent player. <laughs> Violent's a great word yeah. for it. And Stamkos was doing the exact same. It was two guys. I thought they were the two best players out of both teams. Have to be. And uh, they scored. And I think when Tampa's playing like that, I don't know how any team in the world competes with that. I'm so glad you said that because Rangers fans are going to be listening to this right now. And, you know, they've been dealing with disrespect all playoffs. And I am here to tell you, this has absolutely nothing to do with you. <laughs> you're, you're not erasing their success. This has nothing to do. I would say this if it was the Leafs, the Penguins, the Hurricanes, the any throw any team in there, the Colorado Avalanche. I would throw anybody in there. It's they're the back-to-back -back reigning Stanley Cup champions. What the fuck do you want? They won in front of empty buildings. They won in front of a packed house. They, you know, could they win on a boat? Could they win with a goat? I like <laughs> freaking Dr. Seuss ass team. I don't know how they, I don't know how this party ends. Mickey, Mika Zabina Jad actually, you know, he's had such a great series, but he took the blame for blowing his coverage after the game. Mm -hmm. He said he should have planted in place rather than puck watching. Mm. And I have to say, I do really respect that because he has played so great and has nothing to apologize for in the way he's played. But I thought, if there's one thing where I'm like, okay, maybe the Rangers headspace isn't as affected. You know, young teams do get affected by this, right? Yeah. It's, it's Mika Zabinajad uh, standing up and saying that. And I bet the players in the dressing room who saw that and heard that, I bet that meant a lot to them. I assume so. Because, like, I think, I think greatness involves uh, being unreasonable. No. <laughs> And okay, tell any, me about that. Any reasonable person would be like, yeah, but Mika Zibanejad's been one of their better players. Or he's been one of their best players. Yeah. He's, he's the reason they're here. That's a reasonable take. Yeah, well, you need to put up an unreasonable performance. You need to be better than that. Did you lose the game? You have yes. to be better than that. Oh, Steve, that's, uh, that's so ridiculous. That's sample size. Listen, uh, you know, we've been watching the Leafs. They look great to me. They need to be unreasonable. Like, wow. They yeah. Need, they need to be. Did you close the deal? Or did you not close the deal? They got to be better than that. Like, I, I, I think uh, people have grossly mischaracterized the way that uh, Lee fans view this team. We're not like, good job, guys. That was great. A lot of us are sitting here going, God, what the fuck? Like, they got to find a way. I literally right. don't give a shit how you get it done. I don't give a shit how you get it done. Um, you know, maybe it's a little bit more Kucherov, where you're literally a like a borderline criminal, but people just let you get away with it because you're Nikita Kucherov. You know, maybe it's a a, a puck battle that the naked eye would barely perceive, where it doesn't bounce their way and it bounces yours. I don't know what it is like, and and that little attention to detail, Mika Zibanejad losing his spot for a fraction of a second. That's the unreasonable greatness of the Tampa Bay Lightning. They are never not dialed. And if you give them an inch, you'll pay for it. And are you saying, like, who's before this game calling, oh, uh, yeah, short side goal last minute against Shesterkin? 
Yeah. One Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. When is he ever out of position? And he really wasn't. No. But he was sort of setting up and the shot caught him off guard. Well, in every one timer, I, I several times laughed out loud during the Leafs lightning series. And I keep bringing up the Leafs just because, you know, well, they play the lightning. We're, we're talking okay. about the lightning. here. Also, it's always about the Leafs. So just it, that too. Don't forget <laughs> that too. Um, but, uh, every one timer is hilarious. Yes. Headman to Palat. <laughs> uh headman to kucherov um stamkos to point point to stamkos uh like it's all so silly it's an all-star team it's an all-star how is that team cap compliant and the answer is they're kind of not but they are a little uh it's it's all it's amazing that we're talking this way about the team that's losing this series currently. That's what I'm saying. It's crazy. So, all right. So, you know, you know, the odds never tell me the odds. It's a Star Wars quote. You wouldn't know it, Steve. Um, but I've seen it. Have you seen Star Wars? I've seen it. Okay. Well, I'm was, the one who's never, oh, seen Jesse's Star never Wars. seen it. Yeah. Um, I was very confused by the final film. You know, the odds. Yeah. The final film was crazy bad. Um, here's, here's my question to you before we get to anything. Evander Kane and Nazem Kadri. Mm. I want to know, number one, your in-the-moment reaction. And Steve, you were live for it. And number two, 48 hours later, I want to know what you think about it now. So give me your unfiltered, because in your moment, this is why Twitter's so interesting during a game, because you get somebody's instant reaction, bang! And that's not always the most well thought out. It's not always the most reason. You haven't had anybody say to you, hey, but actually... You've just said, here's what I think in my most emotional state. So in the moment, I thought it was a bad hit. Obviously. I don't remember exactly what I said. I was not surprised that it was five. Um, this is, by the way, the first hit to be suspended in these playoffs since Kyle Clifford. There's been three suspensions now. Kyle Clifford, Darnell Nurse with the headbutt on Phil Deneau, and then this, Evander Kane on Nazem Kadri. Now that I've had some time to think about it, one of the things that I've ranted about over the years is why the hell does the injury matter? It should be the act, right? So was Evander Kane's hit the worst I've ever seen? I don't know about... It is not the worst hit you've ever seen. No, it's I can tell you not. it's not the worst hit you've ever it's seen. It's not particularly mal uh, malicious. It's not particularly hard even. It's not particularly violent. But it's too... It's, it's exactly what boarding is, right? And it sort of goes to our conversation about maybe there should be a ring around the boards. Mm -hmm. um, because Nazem Kadri gets drilled in a vulnerable position. He gets hit, you know, not that hard but hard enough in a spot where he's his uh his body is not going to allow him to recover and gain his footing right but what i've always said is the is the act should be penalized so like even if a like let's take for example david perron okay going after nazim kadri earlier in the playoffs he connects with that elbow he's sent to madagascar yes. he's sent to azkaban we, like we never see that guy again but he doesn't. So in a world where you punish intent, he's gone, even though he didn't even make contact, right? Right. Watching this in the context of a playoff series, this is why injuries matter. This is why injuries matter. Now, will it be justice served if the Avalanche eliminate the Oilers tonight and Evander Kane was essentially eliminated for the rest of the season? Maybe I like, I think avalanche fans would probably feel a little bit better about it. Right. Um, but what if this goes to game five now? What if this goes to game five and Evander Kane is in the lineup and he's the leading goal scorer in the NHL in the Stanley cup playoffs and the Avs are without their number two center. Is that just, does that seem fair? Like at the end of the day, he did something illegal in the sport. He did something you can't do. We agree it was dirty. We agree it, it was suspension worthy. I think we should probably agree he'd definitely get more than one game 
not in the third round of the Certainly. playoffs. Yeah, because yeah, uh, it's like 2.3 is how the NHL calculates suspensions in the playoffs. They're such asshats. <laughs> like, Are you kidding he's me? He's been suspended. 2.3? No, I'm making up the exact number, but it's like two games for everyone. Okay, it's okay. I thought yeah. they did a... No, I, no, no, no. This that's is not how, the real book. This is how... Okay. All right. Because this is how bad I, I how bad faith I am with the NHL right now. It's like, a, I would I would see them... I as, believed you. I believed uh, you too. That was no. so believable. It's it's about two games is how uh, one yeah. suspension is, right? But One like, game suspension of the playoffs is worth two games in the regular season. What I was commenting on... <coughs> what I was commenting on is the death spiral that events like this sends Twitter into. Because, uh, like, I- ignoring his suspension for his fake Vax passport, we're just talking about on ice infractions. He was suspended in April 2018. He was suspended in, I think it was October 2019. And February 2020. And I think it was cross-checking abusive official elbowing. Right? So prior history matters. We're always told prior history is so important. Until Jason Spezza, 1,200 games in, gets the longest suspension of the season. Did he get the longest one? Six games was that, the that he had to appeal and get down to four, and it probably wouldn't have gone down to four had the season not been paused. Um, and this guy, who has repeatedly been in George Peros's office or on his phone or whatever, he gets suspended one game. One game. And if you're talking about it from like a risk versus reward standpoint, all right. We're going to be without Evander Kane one game, but we get to take out their number two center. No we're, one's thinking like that in the moment. We're down three nothing. I know no one's thinking like that in the moment. <laughs> but yes. it's a trade that's, that. That's not Evander Kane going. Uh, yeah, like, yeah that's not, that's not you, happening. If no. you gave, gave them all truth serum, though, they'd take that trade. There it is. Yeah, but that's not that's not his intent there in the moment. No, like my my problem with the suspension is is it's unnecessary because of how much time I think he has to make the decision to board Kadri. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like him going into Kadri's back and and ramming him in the numbers and shoving to the board. I think that's all avoidable. So you should be suspended for that. But the context of the history and Jason Spezza and and all that that has nothing to do with the suspension or the hit. I know, but that and the NHL NHL, can't be making decisions based on that. Well, well, if precedence matters, which it so it doesn't though. It doesn't. It doesn't. But they say that it does. It, they, but it doesn't. They, it doesn't. It doesn't until it does. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. It doesn't until it does. The NHL is cracking down on cross checks. <laughs> this is boarding, but it's also a cross check. It's boarding is how they rule it. Right. They don't count the cross checking part. Well, they only count the boarding part. If this is the crackdown, <laughs> then you're a fucking joke. So here's we my. We know that. If this is well. <laughs> And and it's again and again and Mm -hmm. again and again. The mountain of evidence is they don't know what the fuck they're doing. Um, They have no idea. What I think is particularly, you know, I think we started this conversation, Steve, by you saying, it's not the craziest hit I've ever seen. And I think that's what makes it so insidious. (laughs) I think that's that's the thing. It's so, it's a gentle nudge. But in that position, Kadri is extremely vulnerable. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. no way he can turn. There's no way he knows uh, Kane is there. He's on basically a one and a half skates. Look at look at where Kadri's skates are at this moment. Right when, and we're watching the replay in studio. Look, skates up. Yeah. So so that's why you have to suspend a play like that, right? It, it's such yeah. a, and get that right out of the game. I just, I think that the, the problem for me in, in this is there is this, Whole thing about that's what it takes for Kadri to draw a penalty. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I wonder why. Well, we're we yeah, talking about the tweet. Wonder why. I mean, listen. Here's here's my problem with the the Tim Maybe Peel not yet. The, the Tim Peel tweet. If you guys want to talk about it, is that that's one guy. Can you explain what happened? So, former longtime official Tim Peel tweeted karma after Kadri left the game. Right, which is which he deleted. And here's I, I, I'll say this. Okay, and I don't want to defend referees because boo-hoo, you got to ref a game and the only time we notice you is when you fuck up big. That's part of the job. Welcome. Tim Peel does not represent every referee, but the fact that he represents some referees is not, not the best. And if I, if I can give you a recommendation, 
There's a guy who works for TIA, or, uh, TSN, ESPN, um, who is a spectacular former ref, um, and his name is Dave Jackson. And he has actually reached out to me unprompted on a couple of things where I've had an issue with some officiating and we've shared DMs back and forth. He's been extremely reasonable. And if you've been watching ESPN broadcasts, he's explaining why things are the way they are. Mm-hmm. I now, like his video breakdowns. I, I like him too. And I disagree with a lot of what he says, but he's coming at it from a perspective of, hey, here's how we would judge it. Now, I would change the way they judge it. I still disagree with him on things, but he's an extremely reasonable guy. and. I don't think you're getting that. Like Tim, Tim went out under very auspicious circumstances. So if you want, he did, he did. He was caught on TV saying that what he said, right? right? He was already going to retire and then whatever. If you want like the referee breakdown thing, Dave Jackson's a great, great option for you on Twitter because he actually does really great video breakdowns. I think in this sort of stuff, um, getting back to the actual point, um, I think with, with, with Kane, it's just one of those things that, what, what bothered me the most after is that Woodcroft and Kane both called it a hockey play. That's the thing that bugs me the most. Now, I know, I know that they have to say that. This guy's defending I know, dudes. Well, but th- if, if, if I cross-check Steve in the mouth, mm-hmm. no one's going to say, well, that's a hockey play. He Wood- cross-checks him in the back. Kadri does not have possession. Full, well, no, he does have full possession, but then he loses it in the corner. Oh, let's not get into a discussion yeah, about friggin' actually, possession. Actually, by now. the NHL no, rules, that's not possession. No, he doesn't. <laughs> so he doesn't even have the puck. And then here's the worst part. The referees in the game, and maybe we should talk to Dave about this. We should start having him on. The, they look at that again, and they can look up at the video monitors. They can have as many looks at it as they want, and they go, we're keeping him in the game. Yeah, they give him a five minute. They give him a five minute. And listen, five minute no misconduct. When do you ever? When do you ever see a five minute misconduct without a game penalty? Yeah, that was. When do you ever see that? That You never see that. Well, and and because the rule here, let me see if I can find it. It was it was on scouting the refs. The rule is, uh, to my knowledge, the primary part of the rule is it needs to be. Well, it's up to their discretion, but it needs to be an injury to the face or head. Yeah, rule 41.5, game misconduct penalty. When a major penalty is imposed under this rule for a foul resulting in an injury to the face or head of an opponent, a game misconduct shall be imposed. Why does where the injury is matter? Why does that matter at all? Well, it does matter because where the injury is? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, no, no, where contact is made obviously matters. But yeah, injury, I don't know. Why does that matter at all? So the rumor with Kadri is he's broken his thumb. Um you know, I, when he sort of braced to go into the boards, I don't know if maybe his thumb got bent back or I, I don't know what happened. But now this player, the, the number two center of the Avalanche, I don't care if he's a fourth liner, a player on the Avalanche roster is not going to be there for the rest of the series, potentially the Stanley Cup final. Mm-hmm. That's That needs to count for something. You got to be thrown out of the game for that. Ross Colton was fine. He He, he, he had a cut. He stayed in the game. You're talking about the Kyle Clifford hit on Ross. I'm talking about Kyle Clifford. He got five in a game and they booted him out. I mean, you know, the reason is because Kane is on the first line. He's too significant uh, part of the Oilers. So they're it's everything's on a sliding scale. But you know, so, so here's the interesting thing. All of that aside, we know those problems are deep. We know that they have a problem with doling out penalties Two players, you know, extra penalties, like extraneous penalties, ones that are like out, above and beyond the game. Uh, department of player safety just doesn't know where to go, right? We know that. But here's what it did. What it did do, what that play did do, because Oilers fans aren't stupid. No. That sucked the energy right out of the building. And don't tell me when that, nothing. when that Connor McDavid goal went in, did you not think, oh, baby. Connor oh. McDavid's this is this is Connor's game. It's going to be six nothing. Yeah, that's what I'm serious. When, when Dave said, "Oh, I thought this was going to be a Connor McDavid game," it was 38 seconds in. It yeah. was Connor McDavid's game. He started the game on fire, and then everything went kind of downhill. And, and that for educated, really educated hockey fans, man, Oilers fans, among the most passionate in the league. Oh yeah, they know. And when you see that shit, you don't feel good about it as a fan. You don't. Well, and and like to add, add to the point because I saw some Oilers fans. Uh, tweeting uh, videos of hits that Connor took. There, there was a. They're not wrong on the Connor mm-hmm. thing. Well, no, but no, it, like so. There was one in particular where McDavid. It's a, it's a pretty similar hit. 
where he gets driven into the boards by someone on the ducks. I'm pretty sure it was. I don't remember who it was. And this wasn't a penalty or this wasn't a major or whatever it is. And I'm like, yeah, and it should have been like in the moment. Were you not like, that's a penalty. So your instinct should be the same here. But their argument is, well, the precedent is that it's not. So precedent matters until it friggin' doesn't. Yeah. Like, <laughs> once again, once again. I can listen to Oilers fans talk all day about the injustices done to Connor McDavid. Absolutely. I, I will listen to every argument. You're absolutely right. If, if we're going to go by that standard, nothing's a penalty. There it is. Nothing's a penalty. You're allowed to do whatever the fuck you want to anybody. And that's the thing, is that that has to be a penalty. And yeah. this... Like, it's got to get to the point where, like, to be honest with you, how many players do you see swinging a stick at someone's head? Just just add, answer me that. Brad Malone. Okay. So that one time. Zidane Chara. Well, Zidane Chara lifts up his arms and he's swinging it's the stick pre- at you. It's pretty rare. But it's rare that you see somebody two-hand slash somebody in the face. Yeah. Why? Oh, and actually connect? Why is that? Why? Because the last guy who did it got suspended 30 games. It's generally yeah. agreed that that what net you a huge suspension and that it's wrong. Who did it on on the, the ankle, the Blues player? Earlier. Oh, Spurgeon oh, did the oh, Spurgeon. Oh, Spurgeon. cross check to the uh, to the ankle, to the Achilles. Get him in the Achilles. I'm going to murder your legs. I'm going to Achilles you. <laughs> I think probably the most mind-blowing player safety decision. You, of the you can't yeah. cross check something that's Crazy. on the leg. Now, no no Attempt to break a player's ankle. Yes. Attempt within the game. So, so how is that less dangerous than a slew? I think on a boarding call like that, my point is, my point is that's got to be the kind of stuff that's akin to two handed slashing a guy in the head. It just doesn't need, it doesn't add to the game. It doesn't make the game more exciting. It doesn't help the play that much. Cause listen, Kane didn't end up with the puck afterwards. It's not like there's, there's nothing competitively that makes sense. For that to continue. Hmm. And also, it's terrible for player health and safety. And is and Oilers fans, listen, I get it. Um, um, you, you want the Oilers to win, and the Avs have a less chance, less of a chance of winning without Kadri in the lineup. Is the NHL product better served with with things like that that pull stars like that out of the out of the series? And I don't think it is. No. So what do you and, and it's not just the series, it's the regular season when Joe Blow, who's trying to make it in the lineup, bumps a superstar, and the superstar's out for six weeks with a separated shoulder. Yeah. Like, why? There should, That's just a pointless thing. There should come with, uh, it should be an automatic one game if if you get caught boarding. Yeah. And boarding's, in the, like you said, boarding's unnecessary in, in the game of hockey. Like, it really does not add anything, and it's just a dangerous play. And if you do it, it should be a five-minute major and a suspension. And and how about this? Can I throw this out there? Your crackdown didn't work. No, no. Well, On no. cross-checking? No. Yeah, your crackdown didn't work. We're how many months into this crackdown? And there's a high-profile well, one, third round of the Stanley they, Cup playoffs. They crack down on everything at the start of the year, and then we deal with it for like two months, and then they go away from it. Yeah, you know what they crack down on? Nazem's thumb. <laughs> I don't know what that means. They're they used broken they, thumb. Broken. Oh, okay. Yeah, By the way, I saw... I like that. There was a clip circulating. wasn't listening. There was a clip circulating... It fits. It fits with Kadri. Just let me do it. If, I was looking up some stuff. God. Oh, damn it. I was doing my job. Oh, I iceberg good that, job. Didn't I? I iceberg that. Hey, I'm sorry. What do you got? So no. What I was gonna bring up was um, somebody. Somebody threw this out out there, and I think it was Craig Needles that retweeted it. But it was the Nazem Kadri what he went through against Boston before he lost it the second time and finally got suspended. Happy mm. retirement, Brad. Happy retirement. Yeah, Brad Meyer retired. Oh, he was, yeah. He was a ref who did that game. Dangerous guy. Makes the sport more dangerous. Glad he's gone. Right, and he just retired this year. Yep. It's, Happy retirement. To bring up your Spezza thing, Spezza doesn't go off if they call the penalties. Kadri doesn't go uh, off. He did that game suspended. too. Yeah, it's the exact same game. It's crazy. It's crazy how the same guy was in charge of both games. But if Kadri, if he just gets some calls that go his way that game, he probably doesn't lose his cool. No, let him play. <laughs> let Fuck. him play. You ever played? No, I haven't. Uh, let him Not play. Fucking na 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 na. You dinosaur. Get out of here. Get out of here. Get out of here. Um, so yeah, so you can see when you see that clip, if you see it sometime on Twitter, what all the stuff that led up to Kadri finally losing his mind. Um, it's like watching the Jets uh, ride Connor McDavid like a, like a donkey yeah. uh, in the first round yeah. last year. Yeah, literally there was one 
particular like, one. Literally, a, they could have taken him to Ajax Downs and ridden him around the it, course. It was crazy. I love, shout out Durham Region. I don't think they time. ride donkeys around the racetrack. Hey, <laughs> fucking do now, baby. There's got to be a I don't think Red Dead Redemption <laughs> side quest where donkey. they do. But no, there was, I love Dylan DeMello, but there was a particularly funny one where like, he was like, and he just, hi ho silver, away. Like, <laughs> just jumps him. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. It was, it was uh, a, it's a funny visual, but yeah, they should have friggin' called it. Patrice Bergeron gets his record fifth. Oh, no, no, no. Oh no. Oh, you want to keep going? Uh, sir, Mr. Mike Smith. Oh, Mr. Mike Smith. That Fire. to me is the most sobering part of that game. What do you want to talk about with go, Mike go, Smith? Go, what, what's, the, what's the most sobering part? The most sobering part of that game for me as an Oilers fan is Mike Smith playing played that well and you still lost yeah the, four nothing i think the final score yeah uh, three, three nothing no, no, and then no. an empty netter uh four two final oh, score two yeah, yeah it was, no it was, it was game four nothing was the game was game two yeah it was, right. th- it was three two all game then they got the empty net at the end but mike smith uh the the comp for goal um that's a, oh, that's man. a bad goal but on the on the ensuing rush on the other way with like I don't know, three minutes left. He saves their season on the Nachushkin two-on-one. No, two-on-oh, sorry. See, and that's the dichotomy for me of Mike Smith. You make all those saves and then you allow one bad one, but you saved the season so many times because you played excellent. Comfort is interesting because it's a breakaway, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So Kind of. There's a guy in the middle. He cut off. It's mostly a breakaway, like partial breakaway. And, you know, what what do I always say? Don't, Don't allow any shitty ones. And make a few that the team doesn't deserve. Mike Smith made like seven or eight. Yeah. The Oilers didn't deserve. So like I give him a pass on the con for one because he was so good uh, prior to and after that. And I, what's what's he supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Is he going to give you a better game than that? At this point, you have to hope for it or your season's done. His season, his seasons are always Benjamin Button. The older the season gets, the better he plays, the younger he plays. It's crazy. So it's, he's been amazing. And listen, fr- flat out from the beginning, man, I am not a Mike Smith believer. I don't understand why they got the two-year contract. He's been fucking great, dude. He's been amazing. Dude. Except for like game one and parts of game Tending two. Tending the goal. And Miko yeah. Okay, if the Oilers find a way to come back and make it to the Stanley Cup final, Miko Koskinen should start game one. Yeah. His game and then one, Mike Smith yeah. should do two, three, four, five, six. Yep. So. Yeah. Okay, can now can I talk about Patrice Bergeron? No. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Record fifth Selkie. Now he's in flux. He hasn't retired yet. If I read, read up my on athletic this morning, he is still in flux. Doesn't know if he's going to, you know, come back. But if he doesn't, and he ends it this way, when you look at Patrice Bergeron's career, and I'm sure like Stephen Brunt and a bunch of other people will do, you know, massive retrospectives on a player like this. For you personally, uh, Steve and Jesse, what does Patrice Bergeron mean to you in your history books? Trauma. <laughs> the worst goal horn in the sport. <laughs> Leadership, uh, comebacks, determination, guts, toughness, attention to detail, winner. 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 All those things. 160. First place votes for Selkie Award. At the age of what? 36? Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, there, there's, there are very few players who come around where everyone says they should have the trophy they keep winning named after them. And that's what Patrice Bergeron has. Uh, people are talking about renaming the Selkie trophy to the Bergeron. And, you know, I think your sport, I think all sports, you know, awards need a history. I don't think there's a problem updating the history sometimes. You know what I mean? And what's wrong with, you know, it may, it may not happen soon, but like when our kids are are growing up or when our kids are our age, will we be talking about the best defensive forward award being called the Patrice Bergeron award? Well, here's what I, my only issue with it is that Frank Zelke was an, was a professional hockey player as well. Yeah. And, and I think, I think that there's like, there's nothing wrong with saying he won the Selkie award. He was a, you know, a foundational member of what hockey became. Yeah. And so I, I, as a, as a history guy, and I'm all for, for changing stuff up and relooking how we look at history. But I think in this particular case, um, 
like I can I can understand like giving a Wayne Gretzky award to the most assists, like adding a new award. Mm-hmm. And Bergeron is amazing. I think you keep it there because then people go, who the fuck is Frank Selke? And maybe they Google it. Well. Or who the fuck is Jack Adams? I guess, I guess who's, you, you're right because it's- the, Who's now, Bill Masterson? Why do we care? It's now the Ted Lindsay Award and it used to be called the Lester B. Pearson, but he was only the prime minister. Well, but Lester B. Pearson didn't have a hockey connection. There's a <laughs> no, bit, I know. It's I'm a bit different. A I'm just being a dick. Um, Listen, I, I honestly didn't know who Frank J. Selke is. I never, I've never bothered but looking that's up. He was, sort he was of the idea Canadian, of naming right? it after someone, right? Is that you're there? Hopefully, they people he, look it up. He has nine Stanley Cups with the Canadians. That's a lot. Wow, I didn't realize that. Or not all with the Canadians. No, he, he won some with the Leafs. Three with the Leafs, uh, and the rest with the Canadians. Sorry, my bad. Leaf legend Frank J. Selke. All right, you know what? Pump the brakes on this Bergeron Award talk. Hmm. He was the acting. Adam, I'm mad you even brought it up. He was okay? the acting manager of Maple Leaf Gardens and the Toronto Maple Leafs, while Con Smythe, their owner, served in World War II. Wow! You imagine? Wow. A, imagine an t- NHL owner going to war. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, crazy. Was he, I assume he was good defensively. I assume like that's... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that a, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I've never seen him play. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> I'm sure you could look I bet he was good. black and white footage on the internet, boys. Oh, but I don't maybe. Even, honestly, when he played, I don't even know if they televised games, right? Like it was like their... Like, did TV exist? Won his first Stanley Cup with the Canadian... No. No, I'm sure people listen to all his games. On he a won radio his first the size of a refrigerator. No, no, he, he won his first Stanley Cup in 1932 with the with the Toronto Maple Leafs. For reference, Queen Elizabeth II was born in 1926. <laughs> she was six years old. <laughs> when was television invented? <laughs> so long time ago. Yeah, I, I the, don't know. I think the first hockey games were televised in the early 50s, but television had been around. Okay, television was like 20s, I think, hockey but nobody night, had a TV. Hockey night was right. 1951. One or two, yeah, One? something like that. When whenever the CBC right. came in, and then I think, the, remember too, like if you owned a radio or you owned a television, you had to pay the government a license for that. So, right. like, I have a radio that's a hundred years old, and there's actually the license is still on the inside of it. Oh, it's a little Brit- red sticker. All the Brits listening are like, "What are you laughing for, Jesse?" Yeah, because hmm? in, in England, you still have to if you own a TV, you have to pay a license for it. What? Yeah, that's how you they guys. fund the BBC. You guys, yeah, let's, it's let's, pretty wild, let's, right? Welcome into the next century. Yeah, I know. It's a little strange, right? <laughs> let's, um, let's move did, past anyway, that. Do you think Britain is stuck in their ways? I, oh, I'm not saying that. I'm not going to go out on a limb with that take. <laughs> it's, um, as a Canadian, my tiny brain exploded when I visited. Like, just because, like, we went to, Adam would know the name of the place, but it's Buckingham all, Palace. It wasn't Buckingham Palace. All the old royalty are buried there, entombed there. Oh, um, what's that big church called? Um, I forget the name of it. Westminster Abbey. Westminster Abbey? Yeah, Westminster Abbey, I think. Maybe it was that. Yeah. There was, there was like a, I don't know what you would call it, a tomb, sarcophagus, whatever it was, of uh, royalty from like the year 1100. And I was like, Canada didn't, Europe didn't know it existed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Canada existed. Like the Europe old, just had no idea. What's mm-hmm. the oldest building in Toronto? Like 200 years? <laughs> Might like, be, yeah. And it's probably just in Toronto, what they do is they leave the face of the building and they take the rest of it out and build a condo on top of it. So you still have the, yeah. Yeah, still have the face of the building, but the building's gone. Yeah. yeah, there used to be a blacksmith here. Yeah. Now there's a bunch of really, really expensive homes. That's right. <laughs> no, no, don't call them homes. Yeah, condos, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Sky pods. <laughs> a bunch of really expensive sky pods. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I just, I don't know. I understand the, the argument with Patrice Bergeron. I get it. But I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, hey, you know, Frank, the, this is a Frank J. Selke Award, and Bergeron's at the top with five. Yeah, that's fine. And he is amazing. Now, I wanted to go through some of the, <laughs> some of the people that got votes I thought was really interesting. So, if for Toronto fans, Austin Matthews got in the top 10. Cool. Uh, which is pretty cool. Um, so, <laughs> Lindholm, Barkoff, and O'Reilly were the next three on the list. Mitch Marner got up to 16. And I believe Nazem Kadri was tied with Gaudreau, Kampf, Puyarvi, Raffle, Who? Reinhardt, and Kachuk. David Kampf? David Kampf he got, tied for what, 27th. Was it a third or a fourth place vote? He got a third place vote. <laughs> I am... Evan Rodriguez, former Leaf. 
<laughs> Got a fourth place vote. He was tied for 34. My favorite one. Jesse, can you scroll down just a wee bit? Just a wee bit. A little bit more. Stop. Mason Marchment got a second place vote and two fourths. Who? If I had the energy to look it up, we probably could dig up because they they publicize yes. who has every single vote and so like the, who made every vote. If I could do it quickly, I would do it. The second place vote um, was someone named Tim. I think it was like Tim Timerson. I'm not. I'm not kidding. Like. <laughs> I'm looking that name up right now. I, it's, it's like He's Tim the one who gave Jimerson. Marchment? Yeah. Place. So, oh, so you already know. Vote. I don't need to look it up. Yeah, I don't know who the two fourths <laughs> were. I didn't realize he received three Selkie votes. Kadri. Yeah, Kadri. Oh, you weren't listening to Adam. Iceberg. Yeah. Um, like, <laughs> David Kampf <laughs> and Mason Marchment got more Selkie votes than Sidney Crosby. Bo Horvat. <laughs> like, that's crazy. I There were many nights where Mason Marchment was not the best defensive forward on his line. And this dude got a second place Selkie vote. I'm not, I'm not trying to shit on him. He, he had a true breakout year, but second best defensive forward in the league? Are we all all right? <laughs> Is Philip Deneau disrespected yes. at number eight? Yes! Phil Deneau has changed the fortunes of the LA Kings. Now they were already on their way up, but Phil Deneau, ah, man, I'm such a fan. I had no respect, no respect. And then the Leafs got killed by Phil Deneau and the Montreal Canadiens. And don't, it it was, there was two players that beat the Leafs last year. It was Carey Price and Phil Deneau. Yep. That's who beat them. I hate uh, the discourse around a lot of the voting. Cause what, what I noticed uh, like the the one second place vote for Marchment it was a Bruins writer, and uh, I noticed a lot of the votes for players went to writers who cover opposing teams within the division or at least within the conference, and I noticed around the Masterton conversation with Carey Price the controversy or whatever amongst Habs Twitter is only I think it was only two Habs writers. Um, voted for Carey Price. But what if the conversation was inverse and all the writers voted for Carey Price and then we'd be like, ah, there's the Montreal media just stacking the deck for their guy. Come on, guys. Let's, can we just, just can hey, we Steve, not spend let, our let weekend ha- talking about the fucking Masterton? Let him, ha- let him. Ha- <laughs> for God's sake, not, not the Masterton. The Masterton's important. The voting for the Masterton. I, I think Andrew Berkshire to me had the best take on that, which is why can't every team just have a Masterton winner? I don't hate that at why, all. Why are we competing on who went through a harder, harder time? I don't hate that at all. Like then, whose trauma was worse? I think he's right. And we don't have to have the annual uh, old guy who was nominated. Chara. Like what, what did he do other than be in his forties? I like, mean, yeah, we, we don't, I guess it's the commitment to hockey. Oh, thing. come on. Bill Masterton died. That's why he's got the award named after him to steal a bit from Greg Wyshynski. He's like, oh, your arm hurt? Yeah, I died. Sorry. This is, <laughs> is that so a Wyshynski bit? That's a dark Greg Well, that's a, wish, that's a wish bit for sure. <laughs> it's, I, I oh, can oh, see yeah, that. I, d- I think it's old <laughs> Merrick versus Wyshynski. That's days. funny. Wow. Um, yeah. Like, I don't know. It's you, That's such a good point. Like, it's weird that we are the it feels like the conversation around the Masterton annually is the complete antithesis of what the trophy is meant to be. Well, this guy broke his leg. Well, this guy got cancer. Okay, well, yeah. I let's let's put them head to head and see who wins. Well, like, like I just like Zidane Chart, like I just I, don't I just belittled Zidane Chart nomination for being 44. I'm guilty of it too. Right? Like, I'm guilty of it. No, We're but it's kind guilty. of amazing that he's still playing. Well, yeah, and that's why they got nominated. But so that's, why did I do that? Well, because this is what it sets you up to do. Because we can't help ourselves. We have to debate the merits of who went through a harder time. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. It's true. We need to change the award. I think we need to change. I think you just, yeah. every team has a Masterton nominee, and they are all the collective winner of, a, of the Masterton Award. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. No one's like, oh, sure, sure would destroy the sanctity of the Masterton Award. No, it would be celebrated more. It's great. Doesn't... <laughs> the King Clancy have a, there is an award where oh. every team has like a 
nominee. I no, the Masterton is also one. Yeah, they yeah, all have a yeah. nominee. Yeah. Every team has a nominee. I don't know. Like why why can't we keep it there? Um the under eighteen worlds start today and they go through the thirteenth. Remember the tournament that uh, they almost tried to cancel and everybody's like, yo, what the fuck? Um so TSN's got the games. Is this the men's or the women's? Women's. Oh, Under 18, starts, yeah, yeah, it starts today. Um, and obviously, you, the, the US Team USA is sort of, the, I would say, the favorite. By the way, I want to shout out Chris Denoy. Chris Denoy is a, uh, a friend of ours, a friend on the show. You know Chris, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, who's a photographer, but he's also writing for the IHF website. And I just saw his name come up, and I was going to say, Oh, I didn't know he's writing. Chris, congratulations. That's so great. Yeah, hey. so I, I read his breakdown this morning, and I just thought it was really cool. Great photographer. Um, Danielle Bergen, and uh, obviously there's a new coach uh, in the U.S., and uh, it's interesting. The U.S. has, for the first time, uh, I believe, um, an all-female coaching staff. So uh, Katie LaChapelle, Mel Ruzzi, uh, Chelsea Walkland, and Sydney Brote, and I hope I pronounced Sydney's last name properly, and then the goaltending coach is Allie Altman which is cool. And I was looking at some, where some of the players came from and it's like Little Caesars and like, I'm like, what is with the pizza stuff? So there's a, there's a, um, a program, a women's hockey program out of Detroit managed by Manon Riome, who's the, you know, oh, the, yeah, yeah, the yeah, NHL of player. Of course. Um, yeah. And uh, I just thought that was kind of cool. And I guess that's all part of the, like the Little Caesars family kind of helps support that and whatever. So I just thought it was really neat. Like I paid for the team Little Caesars. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was a neat sponsor. Anyway, uh, like the other that. thing is Team Canada, and Steve's going to love this, features one Jade Aginla. Yes. Yes, no I way. did see that. And I she's committed. To, I didn't know she'd committed, but she is committed to Brown University. Um, and uh, their their coach, I love this quote. Co- coincidentally, I got my... Uh, oh, do you have your Iggy quote? Co- yeah. I have my Iggy socks on today. Amazing. There you go. Um, uh, their head coach said... Uh, the Canadian team, they're like animals and they've been caged for a significant period of time and you just want to let them out of that cage. I was like, yes. Okay. So, um, the, you know, if you want, especially, you know what's so great about this tournament too? The games are during the day. Ah. Uh, so you can be, if you're, if you, if you like. Bask in it. Bask Stop in taking it. shots at the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, no, no. You're right. It's better that they're at like no. four. No, it's morning. it's way better You're than right. it's in Madison, it's and it's way better that we can watch these effing games. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank why you. can't we be a little selfish? Okay. Like, why? Yeah, it's better for us. Why isn't that okay? I have a say? question. I have a Say. question about Jade. Jade Aginla. Does she get the nickname Iggy? I assume so. <laughs> if, if you're her teammate, you call her Iggy, right? Probably. What about Jader? Yeah, they probably call her Jader. Yeah? No, she doesn't. I think, I think, no, it's Iggy. She, she gets her dad's nickname, yeah. I think so. Do you want your okay. dad's nickname? Yeah, that's because I can tell you this. As being a uh, a person who's uh, followed their parent into a particular industry, I wouldn't have wanted my mom's nickname. What is it? She doesn't have one, but if she had no. one, I wouldn't oh, have wanted oh, it. Had- I was like, why would anyone call you Marilyn? <laughs> <laughs> how does that work? Yeah, I, don't, I don't get that. Well, because it's a she- unisex name. What's the problem? I suppose. I'm Marilyn yeah. Jr. Yeah. Um, <laughs> why not? I, no, I just, I think... Uh, I I think it would be Iggy, but I don't know if I would want my parents' name or not. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if if her teammates would go with that. I'd be curious. What about the Iggster? Mm, I'm I'm gonna say uh, no. Iggy's a cool name. It's man. sick. I'm just saying. Cool name, but like that's my dad. Yeah. You know, that's so yeah. It's like when you say when you call someone Mister something, they're like, "Oh, that's my father. My name's Jake." You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Mister Glenn is my (laughs) father. It's my father's name. Yeah. I don't know. Or maybe it's like I'm carrying on the legacy. Yeah, that's true. It's a pretty sweet honor. I hope somebody asks her. Well, yeah, but here's the thing: you don't control your nickname. Your friends. That's true. Yeah. 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 It's up to the team. The people in the locker room do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Please call me Jade. Yeah, that's that's great, Iggy. Uh, (laughs) You know, like. And just in case you think uh, the only place this happens is the NHL, friend of the show, Rick Westhead, was shut out of another press conference he helped create. Um, Canada, as you know, uh, Canada soccer and the players, despite going to Cotter for the World Cup. Men's and women's. Men's and women's. Uh, but the Canadian soccer men's team boycotted a game this weekend. And people were really surprised. Like They had Faisal Kamiza on Sportsnet this morning. And he was like, oh, I flew out here and I didn't even know. They, I, I, they literally just gave him a microphone. He went out there with his family for fun. And they didn't play any of the qualifiers in Vancouver. So this is going to be Vancouver's chance to like see the team up close finally. So wait, sorry, Faisal just happened to be there? Hey, Faisal was there and they're like, oh, great. Throw him a mic. Oh my and then, God. So wow. he did a hit on, on Sportsnet. And he was saying like, we, we heard some rumblings, but we didn't hear really anything until Saturday. 
And besides, I don't know if you saw the Canada soccer press conference, besides it being, it, it went from, okay, this is all right to this is unhing- unhinged lunacy. You should watch the clips if they're crazy. Um, but Rick Westhead, who has been reporting on this, was refused, and he broke the story. Mm-hmm. He was refused uh, a question. Adam Lascaris, who uh, we've known for a long, yep. long time, said Westhead was there and had his hand raised, but no questions taken via Zoom from him. Good for Rick for being there and good for Adam for pointing that out. Yeah. That's, Pretty crazy, huh? Dude, it's someone, I saw a great tweet. It's like, if Rick Westhead is at your press conference, you fucked up. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I, I understand oh, why man. people don't want to take questions from him, but you're, I think, under an obligation. To he him. has, he's one of those people, Katie Strang's like this too. You have, he's one of those people that finds the exact thing that you don't want to talk about. And what he's great at is wording the question so you can't wriggle out of it. Yeah. Oh, I, I would love to see if like a camera captured the exact moment they realized he was there. Hi, everyone. It's great to see. Oh, fuck. <laughs> ah, fuck. It's pretty clear that these Canada soccer guys were not prepared for the press conference. And frankly, we're not prepared. I don't think they're that media trained. Like I, I saw the press conference. I'm like, these guys, so these happened? guys are not good at this. What happened exactly? Well, so there's a list of demands. And, you know, one of the things that they're demanding is they want equal payment for men's, the men's and women's program. Um, and I, you have to forgive me because I saw the list of demands this morning at 4.30. But there's uh-huh. a few other things as well. And what Canada Soccer is contending is that if they didn't have to look after all the programs that they do, which is under 18 and ref development, player development, whatever, men's and women's, all that stuff. Even then, they wouldn't be able to, even if they only had the men's and women's team, they, even then they couldn't meet the request. And there has, and you have to forgive me on this because I only glossed over it, but there is something to do. Canada Soccer signed a 10-year contract in 2018 and didn't tell anyone. And it, it basically controls the rights of how much money is made off television and meaning that they don't profit as much as they should, especially going into the World Cup, because Canada Soccer already signed away those rights in 2018. And now there's a lot of money not coming into Canada soccer and therefore the players that should be mm. uh, because of this 10-year deal. And I think they're trying to push Canada soccer out of it, I believe. But I don't know if there's any mechanisms in which, by which Canada soccer can do that. I, ultimately, I don't, I'm not as familiar with the issue as I perhaps should be if we're talking about on the show, but um, definitely something worth looking up and I can look it up later. I just don't have the, I, I apologize, I don't have the prep. And to uh, answer the question that I think some people probably have, I was in touch with Rick yesterday. We are going to get him on soon, but he's this, <laughs> this he very popped up. Yeah. Does he do stuff? He does stuff. He's like, well, I'm going to be in Vancouver. And I selfishly was like, well, it's over Zoom. You can do it from there. <laughs> and, but no, he's, he's, he's busy. Uh, to answer everybody's question that they were also asking, uh, yes, Steve will be doing Game Over World Cup. With, no, 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 no. <laughs> Come November, he will, be, but he will not be covering uh, the Canadian team. He will be doing the Italian team. Uh, oh well, Bobbity passes to Bobbity. Okay. What's? Why did you? What's? What's? What was that face? I think you should know. You should start learning some of their names. Luigi passes to Mario. Okay. Okay. That's cheap jokes. Cheap. Steve, I expect better from you. Okay, Steve, fine. Cheap. I'll go b- uh, based on my family members. Rocco passes to Rocco. No, no. Back Learn to Rocco. Actual oh, Rocco name. makes no. the save. You'll no. be doing Game Over World Cup after live after every Italian soccer game in the World Cup. Lastly, I meant to shout this out last episode, and I don't believe that I did. Hunter Ryan Singh. The first South Asian to receive an honorary degree from Mount Royal University in Calgary. Hey, oh, which cool. is pretty damn special. Uh, he said this was a really, really special to receive the honorary doctorate of laws uh, from my alma mater, Mount Royal University, where I went to broadcasting school back in the day. I wasn't able to attend convocation as I was blessed to be calling the Easter Conference final for Sportsnet, but I was able to give a speech for, uh, via video. Uh, cool to explain uh, to the graduates uh, that I wasn't there in d- person because I was literally living my dream. And we've had on a Ryan on before. He is super positive. And I, I love, love him, man. They, have, they even did a, like a little grad photo of him, uh, which is just, it's just so happy. He's just, it's so great. So I just wanted to sh- give him a shout out because I think he, he deserves it. So um, I, I, he, I love following him on Instagram because like literally just seeing his face 
Like, that, regardless of what he's doing, I'm like, you're right. I should be a better person. <laughs> you're right. I should complain less. Yeah, uh, I should. No, you know what? It's not so bad. I need to drink more water and unclench my jaw. Yeah, yeah, oh, 100%. Oh, the tongue comes off of the roof of my mouth the second I see him. Yeah, like, yep. the, uh, we had him on during the pandemic, and that was one of my favorite episodes we've ever done. He was fantastic. And, and you should read his book if you get the chance. Like if you, I, I know it's playoffs. Asking people to read books right now is difficult. But if you do like an audio, he's so great. And uh, that interview is worth checking out. He's mm-hmm. just so much fun. Yeah, if you got time to go back and watch that episode with him, uh, look it up. It's on YouTube or on the podcast feed. It's very, very good. And with that, let's do the press conference.